When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. We're talking real money. Well, once again, welcome to Talking Real Money Daily. I'm Don McDonald. Welcome to Friday. And uh, we made it through a, a very a very difficult week, didn't we? Yeah. A difficult week politically. Difficult week health-wise. Um, I'm just ready for something new. Just ready for no COVID and something new politically. Aren't you? Just a little. No matter what your persuasion, just a little. Well, thanks for joining me. I'm glad you're there. And um, today we've got a couple of calls. We've got questions that you've sent in. And remember, you can call the podcast anytime at 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255, or send questions in at the all-new TalkingRealMoney.com that's all spruced up. So check that out. Oh, one other thing. Don't miss this year's Retire Meet, Retire Meet America 2021. It's taking place virtually for the first time, which means it is available to everyone in the entire country. And we already have a huge bunch of people signed up, but the good news is it's virtual. So as many as want to can sign up for it because we'll just pay up to the next level of Zoom webinars whatever it takes. So go sign up for it. Check it out at retire meet M E E T actually both work retire meet or retire meet.com. Cause I got the, just in case people didn't know how to spell meet. Uh, so call eight, five, five, nine, three, five, talk, visit talkingrealmoney.com and join us for retire meet. Now today, quick topic bubbles. Is this a bubble? The reason I bring this up is because I have received calls from members of my extended family wondering if what we're seeing now is a bubble. Now, these are members of my family. <laughs> they know what I believe, but because I'm in the financial services industry and in the providing financial advice industry, there is still this abiding belief that I know something I'm just not telling, that I have more knowledge of the future than they have or their brokers or whomever. None of us knows any more about the future than any of us. None of us. So I don't know if it's a bubble or not. I can't know that. But I can see why people say that. Because I was just getting ready to put together the quarterly report for Vestory clients, the clients of our investment advisory firm. And I was going through the performance of various asset classes over the past year. And it is a bit astonishing. It's not like the market is behaving irrationally because it's always rational. The market is always rational at any given moment because the market is forward guessing. 
So it reflects all of the best information that everybody has at their disposal at any given moment. Doesn't always mean it's right, but it's rational based on the information at hand. And so far this year, all of the U.S. stocks, not the S&P 500, but the whole market, is up or was up in 2020 about 15%. So for all of last year, despite the big drop, despite the virus, despite political things, this is how the financial world works. The U.S. stock market, the entire U.S. stock market in aggregate, was up 14.7% for the past full year. International stocks, though, this is for all of you who say, well, why would I want those international stocks? I think I'll just stick with the United States because I know it better. I'll just stick with the United States because it's done better over the past 10 years, forgetting that the international markets did better from 2000 to 2010, but we forget. International developed markets, the big markets, returned in 2020 a total of just under 16%. Whoa! They beat us as in the U.S. Even more impressive, though, were those scary little emerging markets. They gained almost 20% over the year of 2020. Global real estate still up over 12.5%. Bonds even posted positive gains. Not big positive gains. So they went down in value a little bit, but they're their income saved them. U.S. bonds up about seven-tenths of a percent in total. Uh, global bonds up about nine-tenths of a percent in total. And, oh, by the way, all the, the value naysayers, all the, the value and small company stock naysayers, hey, I'm not going to do those value or small company stocks, that whole thing. They don't work anymore. This is what a lot of the experts said. Oh, value and small company stocks, they don't work anymore. I'm not going to buy those. Uh, what did they do just in the last, for the year, they only did about, I don't know, 6%. But in the last quarter, holy cow, the Vanguard small cap value ETF in 2020, again, did about 6%. But for the last quarter of 2020, up 28%. Were you not in small cap and value? Hmm, probably not. What this illustrates is the absolute need. You must have a globally diversified portfolio because I don't know of a soul. I can't think of a single Wall Street expert. Expert. I can't think of a publication. I can't think of anybody who said, wow, 2020 is going to be one of the best years for stocks ever. Nobody predicted that in 2019. Nobody. And yet it was. And so many of you missed it. Why did you miss it? You know why. Why did you miss it? You missed it because you are trying to predict the future based on how you feel, based on what you read, based on what you believe. And I hate to tell you, but most of the time, how you feel is wrong. 
That's why investors who try to be in the right place at the right time generally do so badly over time in their desire to not lose money and to make as much as possible. They end up performing at best below average. This is why we keep saying the same thing over and over again, and yet a lot of people still don't believe us. You must invest globally, and you should overweight some of those asset classes that have shown these amazing periods of outperformance, like small cap value just did. And I bet a lot of you weren't overweighted in small cap value. In fact, I bet many of you didn't have any or much. Probably not any. Uh, 855-935-TALK is our phone number. 855-935-8255. Join us online for RetireMeet at RetireMeet.com. And let's take a call. Yes. i got a question about where to put my money, either in Fidelity, Schwab, or Vanguard. I do not have an account in any of them, but are looking to open up an account. And I know you guys always talk about a half a percent, or maybe that's Paul Merriman that talks about a half a percent will make you millions in the future. So I was figuring that if I go with one of those companies that is lower than the other, that that will help me get ahead in the long run. I look forward to your answer. Funny you should refer to Paul Merriman's newest book. I'm currently turning it into an audio book. As a matter of fact, just before I recorded this, I was editing the audio book. What they talk about that half a percent being a big difference is really a big difference a half a percent per year really does add up particularly in the time frame they're talking about which is 40 years um the shorter the time frame the less difference it makes but low fees do matter now when you are talking about index funds at fidelity vanguard or schwab you are talking about differences that are minuscule and i do actually mean minuscule of the three if you go to our uh, uh list on at talkingrealmoney.com our three funds from three groups story that's right on the front page there you'll see that we recommend a portfolio of u.s international equities and bonds at each of those three groups or suggest the cheapest of the three by a tiny little bit is fidelity uh, but let's look at the most expensive fund, which is the international in each case. The Fidelity International and the Schwab International both charge, get this, ready? 0.06% or six basis points. Vanguard charges 0.11% or 11 basis points. That's the big difference. So, Bear in mind, this is the difference is one-tenth of that half a percent that they're talking about making a big difference over time. So a half a percent is, okay, if you think that's a lot, then five one-hundredths of one percent is really not. But if you want the cheapest group, then by far, right now, among those three, you're going to get the lowest prices across the board. At Fidelity, they're very, very competitive right now. So that's the that's the correct answer to your question. Again, the number is 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. We'll take another call, but before we do, let's grab a question that was sent in. I like this one. 
The subject is drawdown during retirement. I like this one because there's there's a lesson hidden inside the question that I don't even think the questioner intended. Drawdown during retirement. I could retire in 20 years at age 65 with $1.7 million invested in index funds in stocks and bonds. If that money earns 5 to 6% interest, that would be between $85,000 and $102,000 annually. Could I just live off that interest, never touching the principal? The quick answer is, yeah. If it does, you can. Will it? Don't know. But I also want to correct you, and this is gently correcting you because I get what you're saying, but I want I want to change everybody's mindset about returns. A portfolio of stocks and bonds, stocks and bonds, does not just earn interest. As a matter of fact, if you look at a portfolio that's half in global stocks and half in bonds, the interest it earns is probably going to be less than 2% per year because the interest comes from dividends and payments on the bonds, the interest payments on the bonds. So the income stream is less than half what you're talking about. The bulk of what you get comes through those stocks. Expect no growth ever from bonds. As a matter of fact, if you have long bonds, I think it's reasonable to expect negative growth or losses as they're called the bulk of that five to six percent return that you may very well get if history is any guide that's coming from long-term growth in the value of your principal which means if you're earning an average of five to six percent per year over your entire portfolio in some years like this past year your stock portfolio will earn 17 or 18 percent in other years, your stock portfolio could go down 40%. Those down years, though, have in the past and should in the future, because that's just the way math works, be far fewer and farther between than the good up years. So over that entire period, yeah, I think you have, you, you have a reasonable expectation. But here's what you have to do with your mindset. You have to understand that in some years your portfolio will make a lot more and in other years a lot less which is why we're such big fans of saying okay yeah a portfolio has the potential uh, half in stocks half in bonds 40 percent stocks 60 percent bonds you know in that ballpark even 30 70 maybe even 20 80 has the potential to earn in total on average that five to six percent therefore the strategy should be this. I am going to consistently take out five or even six, if you're a little gutsy and your portfolio is a little more aggressive, I'm going to take out five or 6% of the portfolio value every year. I am going to take that and that is my budget for the next year. Should my portfolio fall 15 or 20%, well, that means next year, I'm going to take out a little less. Still going to take out that 5 to 6%, but it's going to be of a smaller amount. Now, we have run that number going back decades. And 
in every case we rented, except in a 100% bond portfolio, I believe, you wouldn't have run out of money. Could you? Yeah. That means you have to adjust your lifestyle down the road. That's really what it means. So, yes, I think that if you can comfortably invest for a 5 to 6% return, which probably means no less than about 30% in stocks based on the past, and take out 5% per year, 5.5% per year, and you adjust your spending every year based on that, you're going to be just darn comfortable never touching the principal and probably even watching the principal increase dramatically. Thanks for your note. I appreciate it. We're going to take another call at 855-935-TALK, 855-935-8255. Hi, Don. This is Lynn. My husband and I are each 75 years old. We have all of our investments in uh, Vanguard accounts and have for 40 years. We have a very high tolerance for risk as prior to uh, just a few years ago, everything was invested in the um, total stock index fund. I, we have about uh, equal amounts in a 401 rollover, a brokerage account, and two Roths with a total of $2 million. Uh, my question is, and the, uh, it's split to half a million, or one million in the total bond index fund, another million total stock index fund. The stock index funds are uh, both of them uh, totally uh, Roth IRAs that we have. The two Roth IRAs are total with uh, the total stock index fund. My question to you is we have no debt, and our, the only need we have in the future is for long-term care. Would it be your advice to move a portion, half or a portion of the Roth into the uh, total bond index fund or to leave it all in the total stock index fund? As we say, we don't know when we'll need it. We don't know if we ever will need it. We're not sure how much we'll need. And that is the only thing that we have a need for with a million dollars is long-term care. So if you could give me a, your advice on that, I thank you again. Been listening to you for 40 years. Love all of the podcasts. Listen to all of them. Listen to you on Saturday. Thank you so much for everything, Don. If you, as you say, are comfortable with the level of risk you're taking, which isn't ridiculous, I mean, half in stocks, half in bonds, and very well-diversified portfolios, then I don't see any reason to change the Roth IRA right now. As you said, there is no imminent need for monies for long-term care because you don't need it. And long-term care could be needed or might not. So I would just leave it as it is because it's doing what you want it to do. It's a, it's a moderately aggressive growth portfolio, and you're likely to, over the long run, make more money there than you will in a bond fund. And that extra money you make can go toward that long-term care. And even if it does decline, there's very little, well, there's no chance it'll go to zero. None. None whatsoever. Worst case scenario ever uh, would have been a loss of less than half of that portfolio. So in a worst case one-year period, worst case, you, you could see that portfolio, that portion go to half a million dollars. But for most people, that's still five years of pretty traditional long-term care. So think of it this way. 
if one of you needs long-term care, you have a 10-year portfolio right now. If you let it grow, it becomes a potentially even longer portfolio. You're self-insuring. And when, uh, if and when, if or when it happens, then you're going to only be drawing out more than likely one-tenth of it at any given time. So um, I think you have the ability with your other assets to just let that thing ride. That's what I'd do. Thanks so much for your call. Thanks for listening for so long. And by the way, it can't be 40 years. 88, 98, 2008, 2018. No, it's only 32. <laughs> so I'm not that old. Uh, thanks so much, though, for listening and calling. And thank you all for doing the same darn thing. Listening, calling, writing, participating, telling your friends, writing a review, um, joining us for Retire Meet, talking to one of our Vestry advisors at vestory.com for free. You can talk to them for free or all the other stuff you do. Thank you for being there. Spread the word. Um, oh, and by the way, soon uh, some some of my little short one-minute bits are going to start appearing on Paul Merriman's Sound Investing podcast. Plus, we are, or we're supposed to, start doing some work with Stacking Benjamins, too. So a lot of cool new stuff coming up in this new year. Thank you again for being there, talking real money with me. Don Talking Real Money. We hope you realize that the information provided on Talking Real Money is for educational and hopefully enjoyable purposes only. Providing personalized financial planning or investing advice takes time, so please consult with a really good fee-only fiduciary investment, tax, or legal advisor. We know a good one. Investing must always involve risk. In other words, you can and probably will lose money at times. Also, as much as you want it, no one can accurately, consistently predict the future. So past performance doesn't tell you a darn thing about what the future will bring. Unlike many other programs that say something similar, Talking Real Money is not trying to get you to buy or sell any financial products or securities. Instead, the program is provided as a public service by Vestry, a fee-only registered investment advisor. Thanks for listening, and please visit TalkingRealMoney.com for more information and disclosures. Are we done now?